Thanks to Literati for supporting the Productivity Show. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids delivered to your door. For limited time, go to literatibooks.com TPS for 25% off your first two orders. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Recently, a lot of people transitioned to work from home and feel out of their element. They're finding it harder to focus and to get things done. They don't have the right tools, they have their kids at home, a partner around them 24-7, and they're going crazy staying inside the whole time. Don't worry, anyone can productively work from home with a few tips and strategies, and that's what we'll share with you today. Brooks and I have combined over 21 years of working from home, and we'll have five tips that will help you get you more done at home without going crazy. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 297. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of The Productivity Show. Good to see you, Brooks. How are you today? I'm excellent. I'm here working from home like most of our listeners right now, if not all of them. So yeah, really great. I see uh, we have a lot of live participants this time. I wonder why. I guess everybody is at home being productive, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the the way the world's going right now. And there's a lot of opportunities that come from that, but a lot of challenges as well. So for example, right before recording, uh, spoiler alert, I had to tell Tan I had to step away from my mic so I could yell at my kids to stop yelling at NBA 2K with their friends. So these are the sorts of things one has to do when one is working from home. Yeah, for those who don't know, we're going to be talking about how to be productive working from home today. And my name is Tan. I'm the founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And I'm Brooks, the operations director here at Asian Efficiency. We're the host of the Productivity Show. So before we start diving into the content, one of the things we always like to do is start start off with our top three favorite productivity resources as of lately. And the first one that I want to announce here is the USB-C charger by Anchor. So if you are uh, somebody who has like a mobile phone, maybe a tablet, you have a lot of devices, you're on the go a lot, you're not at home, you're not close to outlets for charging your devices, having a portable charger is crucial especially if you're traveling a lot. And so this is the one that we like and really recommend as well. So the Anchor USB-C charger, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. So don't worry if you missed that. It's good enough to be able to charge your phone and tablets for a whole week. And because it has a USB-C outlet extension, you'll be able to charge your laptop as well for a full charge. So it's perfect for all the peripherals and devices that you have. Another one is a book called The Art of Learning, An Inner Journey to Optimal Performance by Josh Waitzkin. You might have heard of that name. He's a famous chess player, and he talks about how he is really good at learning and how you can learn his framework for how to learn more effectively and faster as well. So he has a bunch of principles and approaches that he talks about in his book that will help you to learn faster. So if you're somebody who wants to get better at learning 
and wants to get better at like memorizing things and picking up skills, this is a really great book to come and check out. And then the third one is an app called Self Control. This is one for Mac OS specifically that allows you to block websites to say, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever website that you frequently visit that you want to prevent from going to because you need to get stuff done and be focused, right? So self-control is a great app for that and specifically for Mac OS. And so we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. So don't worry if you miss something, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash 297. Or if you're listening to us on a podcast app, just go to the show notes in the app and you'll find the links in there as well. So Brooks, uh, we're going to be talking about how to be productive working from home today. I know uh, you've been working from home for a long time. How long have you been working from home? Yeah, I started uh, March 2010 is when I started. So yeah, it's been quite a while. Nice. I started back in summer of 2009. So it's been 11 years now. For you, it's been 10 years. So we have a lot of experience when it comes to working from home. And if you're somebody who is new to working from home, you're going to learn some best practices and tips to start being more effective and productive working from home. Some of you might be already working from home and find it maybe challenging to focus and get things done, especially if you have a partner or kids at home. You're going to pick up some strategies and tips as well to make sure that you're going to stay productive. And I know some of you are going to be complete veterans and working from home as well. But even then, there's something in here for you as well to be more productive as you're transitioning to maybe like other places or have been used to working from home, but maybe you still struggle every now and then to be consistently productive. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So Brooks, this episode I think is really relevant because you know obviously with the whole pandemic and COVID-19 happening, a lot of people are now working from home. And as we have seen from our recent survey data and also from talking people in our circle and family, there's a lot of people struggling that are working from home. Have you seen that too? Yeah, like you said, we we did a survey of our whole uh, Asian efficiency and the productivity show audience. And yeah, we we had people who is kind of different buckets, right? So we, people who are used to working from home, but now they're the rest of their family is there. So that's a struggle. Also, people who were not used to working from home and now are doing it for the first time. So and then just anecdotally through social media and stuff like that, uh, a lot of, of people are struggling with that right now. And And one thing we should mention, too, is Tan and I, you know, we are both working from home, but actually the entire eight Asian efficiency team does as well. So there's seven of us. So there's Tan and I, there's four other members all throughout the world. Some are moms, some are not, and we all work from home. So it's a lot of different situations that we're all kind of trying to figure this stuff out as we go. Yeah, we have different teams. We have the customer success team. We have like marketing, growth hacking, ops, and everyone on the team is remote. And we have trained people from different walks of life to work remote. So we have a lot of experience to be able to share with you here today. And I know a lot of you are maybe struggling with this. And especially during this time right now, if you just are working from home for the first time, it's it's going to be a little weird. It's, it's something that you might have to get used to. Uh, you might feel a little bit of out of your element. And what I would say, especially with this new economy that's coming up, the people that are able to work from home are going to be really thriving because once this whole Corona thing took off, like this bubble of working from home kind of like popped. This is now the time when everyone is going to be working from home. 
and industries and people that resisted to work from home before are now one forced to be working from home, right? So for example, a lot of industries such as like financial planning, legal, accounting, like a lot of those industries, they could have always worked from home if they wanted to and do like a remote consultation and session with their clients, but they didn't because it was just either, you know, it was just change that they didn't want to implement or go through, or they just never thought of it. And they were just so stuck in their ways. And, you know, this is just the way it was, right? You just have an office and this is where you meet your clients and working from home. No, you're like, I can never do that. Right. But now we have no option. We have no choice. We are forced to work from home. And, and I think that's going to be a big shift once this whole pandemic is over, that a lot of industries, a lot of companies, a lot of offices are going to be closed down and people are going to be starting to work from home. And then there's also a lot of people who now have a first taste when it comes to working from home, something that they maybe always wanted to do, but now are struggling, but still like the idea of being able to save time on their commute, right? Which is one of the biggest factors for our happiness that we can influence, uh, according to recent studies that I've read. Just cutting down your commute in half or completely eliminating it increases our happiness. So that's one of the things that I'm sure a lot of people are realizing that you can do. And now that you had a taste of it, maybe you like spending time with your kids, being able to have your own schedule and be really flexible, right? And so once this whole thing is over, I really think the people that are going to be in highest demand, that are going to be thriving in this new economy, when people are and companies are downsizing and we're entering this recession, the people who are able to productively work from home are really going to be in demand, have a cutting edge, a competitive advantage over everyone else. Yeah, one of our dojo members, our dojo is our online productivity community. You can check that out at theproductivityshow.com forward slash dojo. Uh, one of our dojo members, I won't uh, I won't call her up by name because I don't want to somehow get her in trouble. But uh, one thing she shared before was she said, our owner has always been against remote work, but now he has no choice. And I think a lot of companies, I know my, my wife used to work for a company that the owner was a hundred percent against working from home and it wasn't anything technological. It wasn't anything, wasn't any reason. These are all knowledge workers. It wasn't any reason why they couldn't work from home, but he just, by his opinion, he just didn't believe in it. He didn't trust his people anyway. So she said, the owner's always been against remote work, but now he has no choice. But it's been going really well. We're a design firm using Teams and we check in every day and it's going really, really well. And so I bet, even though the owner has always been against remote work in that company, I bet, like you said, once this is all over, it'll be a different story, which is not to say the whole company will go remote only. There's definitely a place for offices when we can all get to them. <laughs> but it's nice to have that option for situations where it makes sense. I think the other big thing here to be aware of is that everyone that's going to be doing well and thriving as we're going to get out of this is the person or the company that is going to be adapting to the current situation, right? And I I like to think of it as like Darwinism, right? Darwinism is all about, you know, survival of quote unquote the fittest, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the smartest or the strongest. It's really about who adapts the most to the current environment. So as companies or, you know, let's, let's say letting go of staff, cutting down in size, getting rid of their offices, seeing an opportunity to cut down on expenses. Why would you have an office if you can, you know, save money on having an office and have people work from home and, 
I'm going to see so many industries and people either get laid off or the ones that are going to keep their jobs or are going to be working from home. And this also opens the door for a lot of people who are now, let's say, injured or have to stay home for whatever reason and still be able to do their jobs, right? And those are the ones that are going to be thriving in this new world, this new economy. And like I see this example over and over again, even today, uh, when I look at the restaurants here in Austin, as an example, a lot of restaurants are closed by law. Nobody can you know, eat at restaurants anymore, can be there. We're not allowed to have big gatherings and stuff. And a lot of restaurants obviously closed down or in, are completely out of business, especially if they didn't adopt any technology to use, right? So it's like the old school mom and pop, like, you know, you're writing everything down by paper and everything. But then there are the ones who are also adapting to technology and figuring out ways to innovate and be adaptable to the situation that we have in front of us. So a lot of people who own restaurants and bars are now delivering food. So they're still be able to bring in revenue, right? So they're using stuff like Grubhub or Favor is a local company or DoorDash, right? Those are all delivery companies. Uber Eats, you know, is another one. And they're still be able to bring in revenue because people need food, right? But instead of being able to go out, they now deliver it. And they were smart enough to adapt to the current environment and say, hey, normally I would never offer deliveries, but we had to adapt to the situation. And so we have to now deliver our foods. Right. And so I literally know an owner who's now literally cycling all the time to deliver food to his uh, clients and his favorite restaurant uh, goers. And so that's what I mean with this whole new economy. The people are going to be adapting. And I want you to be part of that group that does work from home productively, that doesn't struggle with this, because I truly believe that's the current group of people that are going to be thriving in a new economy. So for those of you who want to find out more about this, we're going to do actually a live training very soon on this called How to Be Productive Working from Home. I'm going to show you our three-step blueprints that allows you to be extremely productive from home. I'm going to show you the setup. I'm going to show you the schedule that you need and then also how to execute and focus. So we're going to be sharing some of those tips here today. But if you want to dive deeper, we're going to do live training on this and we'll have links to that in the show notes. But you can also go to theproductivityshow.com slash home. Again, the URL is theproductivityshow.com slash home. So go there, sign up, and you'll get the live training. If you can't make a live, still sign up and we'll send you the recording of it as well because I think we're going to share some really valuable information for you with some, some of our top recommendations, which are going to be included here today. So we have five tips for you here as well to make sure that you can be productive while you work from home. So Brooks, do you want to take it away with the first one? Yeah. So tip number one is to have a dedicated workspace that you love. And for some of us, this is easier said than done. If you're somebody who who lives in a large house, maybe you have an office that you can use. So for example, I work from home, as we just established, have for a long time, and I have a room in our basement that is just for me, just for my office. And so this is a workspace that I set up and has actually allowed me to be very successful working from home because I have that. For some of us, it's not so easy. For example, my wife is now working from home, not definitely not by choice, but she is working from home now. And we don't have all these extra rooms lying around for her to turn into an office. So she has been working from our bedroom, which in one sense is not super ideal. But like you like you said, Tan, about being flexible, uh, now that we have four of us here in this relatively small place, We've had to be flexible. And so what she's done is she's turned a corner of our bedroom into her little office. 
And if you're somebody who maybe you even live in a smaller place, maybe you don't have any room you can escape to, this might mean setting up a dedicated zone like on the dining room table or something like that, where this is where you work from every day. You've got to work with what you have, but the key is have a dedicated place where you go to work. Don't just assume you're going to work sitting around in the kitchen one day and then on the sofa the next day. That's okay for breaking things up, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the key, one key to success working from home is to have a place that you work. How about you, Ten? Um, I have my office down downstairs. Do you have a, a room that's your office or how did you make that work? No, I live in a really small apartment in downtown Austin, so I have to make the most out of my space. Just to give you some perspective, I live in a 650-square-feet apartment. You've been here, Brooks. I don't have a lot of stuff, so I got to make the most out of this this tiny space. And what I've done is I created basically a standing desk here. Well, I didn't create a standing desk. I bought one, but I created the space that is solely dedicated to working. So I'm not here watching any Netflix or to relax or or anything like that. When I come to this desk, I know in my mind, I'm making this transition, this trigger for me to say, hey, this is the place to get work done, nothing else, right? So if I wanna relax, I can sit on the couch or I can watch TV in my bedroom or something like that. But when I'm behind my desk and sitting here or standing here, it's time to get some stuff done. <laughs> so I want to make sure that you really think about creating your own dedicated workspace, wherever you are, whether you have a big place, you can maybe have your own room or office space in that setting. Or if you have your really small apartment like me, just create your own dedicated area so that when you sit there, it, you kind of create this mindset or trigger for yourself to say, hey, it's time to get some work done. Because a lot of times when you start working from home for the first time, when you make that transition, you don't have those triggers in place, right? When you go to the office, you have the commute, right? You get ready, you get dressed, right? You grab your coffee, you park somewhere. As soon as you open the office door or something, you go up the elevator. Like there's all these triggers in place that allow you to say, okay, I'm actually at work, right? And you want to have that same thing at home as well. If you're just staying at home the whole time and you don't have the separation of like, hey, this is work and this is personal, it's really challenging to get stuff done. So you want to make sure that you have a dedicated workspace and preferably the one that you absolutely love. Right? Think about it. If you're going to be there for eight hours a day or if you're really Asian efficient, you're going to be there less right? because you're going to be able to get a lot of stuff done in less time, which is what we want you to do. Wouldn't it be nice if it was a paradise? Wouldn't it be nice if you had like a really nice desk, a really nice monitor, you know, a really nice chair, something that you really look forward to sitting down in or standing behind or just using, right? Having a pair of headphones that you're like, oh man, I really love this pair of headphones, right? So if you can make your home space, workspace, home office, like feel like a paradise, like it's really fun, it's really relaxing, really nice then you're gonna be so much more productive compared to a space that you don't like whatsoever, right? So I don't recommend that you work on the kitchen table uh, if, if that is an option, you know, avoid that as much as possible. Don't sit in bed to get stuff done. Every now and then it's fine if you wanna break it up, but typically you're not gonna be that productive if you're sitting in bed or sitting on, on the kitchen table. And on that note, what, having a, a dedicated space that you love is definitely one thing that's important, but kind of even narrowing down on that a little bit, 
is the quality of the things that you're using to work at. So for example, for me, like you, I have a nice standing desk. I have a, a pretty good chair that I bought on Craigslist a few years ago. However, my wife, because this was not something that we had before, when she first started working from home, I guess it's been, this is like the third week, I think, of her working from home. So she was just working at a vanity in our bedroom, which she still does. It actually works out quite well. It's, it just so happens it's working great, out great at a, at a, as a desk. However, she was using this IKEA kind of lounge, wicker lounge chair, was the, which was the chair that she had for her vanity. At first, she started trying to work with that, and it just did not go well. So by the end of the first week, her shoulders were sore, and she was finding it hard to work. So if at all possible, this seems to be a situation we're going to be in for a while, this working from home situation. So if you at all possible look around, try to find, maybe you need to prop up with pillows if you can't get a hold of a new chair, if that's not feasible for you. Maybe use pillows to make whatever you're working with more ergonomic, but try to get your setup as ergonomic as possible. Otherwise, this all this working from home that we're all doing is gonna cause us lots of problems later. So be on it now while this whole thing is kind of early. Parents are taking on a lot right now balancing working from home and e-learning, all while being brave and creating a positive environment for their kids. I know my wife and I are trying to balance both working from home and trying to get the kids to do something that doesn't involve the words X and box. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids by delivering great stories right to your doorstep. We're all getting things delivered and Literati knows that home deliveries will be critical in meeting your needs for uplifting educational materials in the coming weeks. Reading books together will help create a time of adventure and bonding for your family, and it has real educational benefits. Kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. Each literary box contains five beautiful books based on a theme and contains exclusive original art and a personalized note for your child. We might be socially distancing right now, but we're not alone. With Literati, your family will share stories of heroes and heroines, courage and hope, and the obstacles overcome by many others who have walked the path before us. Some recent boxes have been Great Minds, which has limited edition guest curators, Big Ideas, which explores curiosity and imagination, and Stars, Infinity, and Beyond, which has stories about space, exploration, math, and new frontiers. Literati actively curates stories that spark curiosity and saves you hours of searching the store or scrolling through lists of mediocre books online. And this is amazing, but Literati will beat the Amazon list price. For a limited time, go to literati.com TPS for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literati.com TPS for 25% off your first two orders. That's literati.com slash TPS. So if you want to dive deeper into this, I highly recommend you check out an older episode we've done back in 202. So it's called Seven Keys to Setting Up Your Home Office for Maximum Productivity. So you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash 202 to check that out. And then also we have another episode on designing your environment in 291. So go check out that episode as well if you want to start diving deeper into how do you set up your home? How do you set up your home office? How do you set up your environment so it's conducive to focus and getting stuff done? And this is something we dive deeper into our live training as well. I'm actually going to share some specific examples and tools and recommendations that we personally have and that we recommend to you as well to use. And then also depending on your budget, 
give you a list of things to buy. Uh, so do you just have a really simple checklist to follow and you know exactly what you need. So, but some of those free resources are there as well. But if you want to attend the live training, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash home and you'll be able to get our stuff as well when we go live. So that's, again, is tip number one, have a dedicated workspace that you love. Let's move on to tip number two here, Brooks, and that is to create a schedule for your day. I think this is so important because when you don't create a schedule for yourself, it's so easy to wake up, you know, get out of bed and just kind of work whenever you feel like it. And you and I both know, Brooks, that usually is not a recipe for success, right? And oftentimes the dream that you are being sold on when it comes to working from home is, oh, I can sit in my pajamas, I can drink coffee, play my favorite music, and then somehow work gets done. And the reality is, uh, no. <laughs> Coming from somebody who has worked from home since 2009, I can tell you it doesn't really work that way. Even though that's maybe the dream, and sometimes I do work in my pajamas, and sometimes I do drink my favorite green tea and play my favorite music really loud, and sometimes somehow work does get done that way. If you want to be really consistent and get stuff done, you have to create a schedule for yourself. You have to put some structure in place. Yeah, this is something that, you know, speaking of dressing up, this is something that I, th I think is a, a extremely important when you're first starting out as well, working from home. I think when you've been doing it for years and years and years, you can kind of get away with, like you said, maybe attending the occasional <laughs> voice meeting in your pajamas or busting something out or, you know, just wearing sweats or whatever. That's that's all fine. But I think when you're first starting out, especially, it's really important to carry over as much of that mental triggers for work as possible and part of that is your schedule so like you said making sure that you're doing your morning routines at as much as possible the same time your or your morning rituals as much as possible the same time as you did when you went into the office and then again if you wear like a suit and tie into the office that doesn't mean you necessarily have to wear a suit and tie when you're working from home. We're not really saying, well, maybe you're saying that. I, we're not totally saying that. It's more like just at least make an effort to wear something workish so that your mind gets uh, tricked into feeling like you're going to work. That being said, I, there's this article that's been going around from Walmart that <laughs> apparently Walmart has said that sales of tops, so like shirts and stuff like that, have been really booming right now. But sales of bottoms like pants, whatever, have not. And the, the VP of corporate communication or whoever it is says that they're sure that the reason why is because everyone's telecommuting now. So, you know, we're all on these Zoom meetings and we're all, you know, maybe have a button up shirt on top, but, you know, maybe it's sweatpants on the bottom. <laughs> it's like the work from home mullet. But the key is you're at least making that effort to wear something work like to trigger your brain. Brooks, I have a confession to make while we're recording this. I do have a nice shirt on, but I am wearing shorts underneath this <laughs> that you can't see. <laughs> well, I am wearing a Muji button up shirt right now and I am wearing Uniqlo dry sweatpants uh, down below. So below my signing desk, that's what I, this is what I'm talking about. This is the work from home mullet or in our case, the podcasting mullet, but that's okay. That's all right. We're, we're, we're still doing it. 
And going back to the routine thing, this is something that if you, even if you're a work from home vet and you've had your routine back, I think a lot of uh, us who have family members have really found that our regular routines have been challenged because we all of a sudden have all these other people coming in. So as much as possible, try to keep that routine going. You're, you may need to make some adjustments here and there now that other people are in the house. But for me, for example, I still do my morning rituals and things that I do in the morning at the same time, even though some of the things that impacted the timing of that routine, like getting my kids lunch ready for going to school and that sort of thing, I don't need to do any anymore. But I still try to keep that routine going so that it doesn't all get messed up. One of the tricky things about working from home, especially if this is your first time, is that you have to figure out your own schedule and create your own structure in place. Because when you go to an office setting, the structure is usually already there. Right? You have to have a conference call at 9 a.m. 12 o'clock is when you have lunch with your coworkers. Right? Everyone leaves the office at 4.30. Right? There are certain anchors throughout the rest of the day that kind of puts a structure in place. Whereas if you are working from home, especially if you're working for yourself, you don't have that whatsoever. You have to figure that out on your own. Now, if you are working from home, but you still have those meetings in place, that makes it a little easier, but you still want to put some sort of anchor in place and structure in place that allows you to be productive working from home. So one of those triggers and structure is, as an example, dressing up for work, right? I know like if I do my hair, as a, as a weird example, if I do my hair, then usually I start to dress up the rest of my sort of uniform and outfit. But if I don't do my hair, then it's really easy for me to stick into my sweatpants and wear like a t-shirt from, you know, 1997 and just kind of, you know, start working. And I just noticed I'm never as productive compared to Tan does his hair, Tan dresses up, you know, wears jeans, wears a button up shirt, and he's showing up to actually get stuff done. There's a huge difference between those two different people. So definitely continue to dress up. But the other thing is you have to create your own schedule and follow it and stick to it as much as you can. And this is something you'll have to fine tune and tweak because you'll create something and then maybe it won't work. But an easy way to think about it is just think about like an hour block on your calendar somewhere that you're really going to focus and make that the same time every single day as much as possible so that you know like if I'm sitting down at my desk at say 8 a.m it's go time I need to focus and get stuff done that makes it really easy for you to get into this rhythm and to focus and make sure that you're actually being productive right and so for example I know that uh, I'm always focused between like 7 30 and 11 like that part of my day is deep work is when I do my most creative stuff don't have any calls, any meetings, right? And that's like the part of my day when I'm trying to get everything done as much as possible. That requires a lot of energy and focus and uh, creativity. But then the rest of the day is kind of like, you know, it's kind of up in the air. I usually have a focus block anywhere between like three and four. But I then, you know, on Wednesday, I'll run errands in the afternoon because Wednesday is our meeting day. So we do a lot of meetings and then I run errands in the afternoon. So I can kind of create my own schedule that way. But again, you have to figure out what your own schedule is. And on the live training, we'll talk a lot about like examples of schedules that you can copy and just straight up use yourself. But in the beginning, you just have to figure it out on your own what that is for you because everyone's situation is going to be different, right? Some of you might have to pick up your kids. Some of you have to be somewhere at a certain time every single day or every single week. So you got to create your own schedule. But once you do it, Spend some time doing that and then sticking to it. 
And by the way, one thing about creating that schedule is it is important for making sure that you get important things done when you're throughout the day. It's also important for knowing when to stop working as well, because the problem anyone who's worked from home for any length of time will be very familiar with this concept of your work life can very easily bleed into the rest of your life. And there isn't when you're not leaving an office, you don't have that defined stop time. And when you work in an office, usually when your coworkers start leaving, that's a pretty good trigger that, oh, okay, I guess, oh, I didn't realize what time it was. I guess it's time to go. When you don't have those coworkers around, you don't have those triggers and you can just very easily keep on working through the night. So creating the schedule and knowing when to stop is just as important as the schedule for making sure that you're getting things done. Yeah, and if you're somebody who struggles with like, willpower or being self-disciplined, then having this schedule and the structure in place makes it actually a lot easier because now you don't have to rely on your own like mood or whenever you want to do something to get stuff done. If you just follow a schedule and just say, hey, oh, it's eight o'clock. You know, I told myself I'm going to do this. Let's just let's just give it a try. Let's just actually go ahead and do this. You don't you don't have to think about stuff anymore. You, you take away a lot of friction from what you're supposed to be doing. So creating that structure and schedule for yourself is just really, really important. We cannot stress that enough. So again, so that is tip number two here for today is to create a schedule for your day. And let's move on to tip number three here. And that is to let your team know when you're available and unavailable for calls and meetings. When it comes to working from home, working remote, it's really important that you let others know when you're generally available for calls and meetings and when you're not. Because one of the biggest fears that you know your manager, your direct report might have is, oh my gosh, is Tan going to be productive working from home? You know, and they're gonna be monitoring like, oh, you know, is he online? Like, is that green status icon next to his name? Oh, it's not there. Is he actually working? You know, I don't trust him. I don't know if he's actually doing stuff, right? And you create all this stress. And some of your managers or bosses will never say that or will never admit that. <laughs> but if they're not used to having people working from home, they're gonna be really nervous having their team members working from home because they just don't know if they can actually do it, right? So it's really important for you to let them know when you're generally available and when you're not. And so that you know is in conjunction with creating your own schedule because if you create your own schedule, you can allow others then to be aware of when you're generally available and when you're not. Yeah, this is a question that actually came up when we were recording the last episode. So episode TPS 296, we talked about how do you focus when fear and social media and the news is kind of dominating your life. And one question that Katie asked in the chat, we record these podcasts live in front of the dojo. She asked, how do we balance being responsive enough to prove we're still there and working without being completely distracted by email and messages all day. And this is the thing, right? You want to show that you're working. So you want to be on your IM system, if that's what you use, like your Slack, your Microsoft Teams. You want you want to be green on there so that it shows you're there and working. But at the same time, you don't want to be getting IMs from your coworkers all day long when you're trying to focus and get your deep work done. I guess I have a question for you, Tan, as an employer is... Is that something that people should be worried about being, and again, this really depends on the boss, but is this something that people should really be worrying about, this concept of, of showing themselves as being present? 
I think for someone who is an employer and is new to working from home, I can understand why it's so challenging because you know you don't, you can't see people if they're actually working, right? If you're in an office setting, you can see if people are working or goofing around or not getting stuff done. Then you can kind of come in and be like, hey, let's make sure we actually get some work done. But if they're at home, you have no visibility whatsoever. So you really have to trust your people in a way. And that can be hard for a lot of employers. And the beautiful thing about remote work or working from home is that as an employer or as someone who manages people, it's actually very clear if someone is doing their job or not. Because the only thing that you can see is the result, that they actually get it done and the answer is yes or no. There's nothing really in between. There's no, oh, you know, this happened, that happened, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. When you are in a remote company or a remote setting, you have people working from home. As an employer, the only thing you can see are the results. Did they actually do it? And the answer is a really simple yes or no. And so as you're transitioning and, and going through this process, you'll start to see some people are thriving and doing really well, and some people are not. And the people that are not, you know, might need some additional training, coaching, you know, uh, some help to, to make sure that they are productive working from home. And that's where Asian efficiency comes in. That's where this podcast comes in. This is where the live training comes in that we're hosting pretty soon on the productivityshow.com slash home because we want to show people that everyone can be productive working from home. So as an employer, as you start going through this process, again, you'll start to see over time that at the end of the day, you don't have to monitor anybody because the results will will speak for themselves. Some people will get it done, some people are not. The results are really black and white. And so for me in the beginning, when I first started Asian Efficiency, right, I wanted to make sure that I saw people you know, online, and back then we were using HipChat, to make sure that they were green, that they were online during the times that we you know, told them to be online. But then over time, I just knew that they were getting stuff done because the results were there. So I didn't have to like micromanage them or be on top of them all the time or message them and be like, hey, are you there? Hey, are you there? Are you seeing this? Did you get my message? Right? Because that's, that's like a really typical sign. Somebody's micromanaging and making sure that you're actually there. Because at the end of the day, the results are going to be there or not. And so now... Like, as you know, I just look at, you know, the, the sprint board. Are we seeing movements? I look at the burn down chart. Are, are, are things moving? Are things getting done? And then also every two weeks when we have our retrospective, because we work in two week sprints, I show up for that meeting and then stuff got done or not. Right. And I don't ca- really care how it got done. My, the only thing I really care about the metric I look at is did it get done? If not, why not? Right. And then, yeah, sometimes things happen and, you know, certain things are out of our control. But if I get the sense that it didn't get done because someone was just really lazy or just didn't do their job or was just, you know, planning poorly or whatever, then we can talk about it and figure out what we need to do there. But uh, as an employer, yeah, over time, you'll just notice that, you know, it's really a black and white situation. You, you either got it done or you didn't. One thing if you are in a situation where you're working remotely and you do have that kind of culture that you, or even if it's something that you feel internally, it's not anything your boss has verbalized, but you do feel like you feel like you need to be on green and you want to balance that is communication about with the team about what is going on in the day. So this is a a problem that I think we solved in the sense that it allows us to do 
what Tan, you just described, which is every day we have what's called a, a huddle. And we talked about this in a podcast episode about meetings. I'll drop, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I'll drop it in the show notes where we all say every day, we all post what's called a daily update, what we're, we say we're going to be doing that day. And then in our meeting, our daily huddle, we all say, this is what our top priority is going to be. And then that way, if you are working in the day and you decide, I want to get focus work done, I don't want to be distracted by Slack or Microsoft Teams or whatever, it's totally fine to drop off Slack or Teams to work on your thing. But you can just say like, hey, I'm dropping off so that I can focus on this blog post I need to do. And because you've already established that this is something you're going to be doing today that's a priority, people get it, people understand it. And so that is something I think a lot of these problems with people feeling that they need to be there all the time can be solved with communication at the beginning of the day and through the day. This is actually something uh, Giacomo, who is one of our Dojo members, Dojo Lifetime member, so thank you Giacomo for that. He says he's a manager and he says what he does is he sets daily OKRs, so that's objectives and key results with the team at the start of the day, and then they do a daily update to check in on it. And that kind of note is like exactly what you said. It has nothing to do with whether people are there or green online all day long. It's did you do those things that you said you were going to do? And if not, okay, what do we need to do to help you do those in the future? Yeah, and if you're somebody who has a boss or a direct report that just has trouble trusting people and making sure that people are actually productive and working through stuff, the most important thing is just open up that communication line with them and say, hey, this is my schedule. This is what I think it's going to roughly look like. This is when I'm going to be available. And this is when I'm not. And I want you to know what my schedule is so that when you message me, you can kind of get a sense whether I'm available or not, right? And I want you to know that... I'm going to be focusing you know, on important stuff and important work between 10 and 11. And if you message me between 10 and 11, I might not respond right away because I might be turning off my phone and turning off my internet connection or whatever so that I'm focused and getting stuff done. And so I just want to make sure that you know that, right? And so again, that is just to illustrate that if you have that communication line open, and again, talking about like when you're available, when you're not, uh, it allows everyone else to be aligned and making sure that, you know, especially your direct report or manager or boss just knows that, okay, I trust Tan, you know, he's working at this time, you know, the results will speak for themselves and you'll see over time as you're working together on stuff that that's just, that's just how it works out over time. So uh, again, tip number three, let your team know when you're available and unavailable for calls and meetings. All right, let's move on to tip number four here, and that is to take breaks throughout the day. Now, as you are working from home, it's really easy to sit all day at your desk and go absolutely crazy. I know many of you dealing with quarantine lifestyle right now are going bananas. You're probably going crazy just being at home the whole time, not being able to go anywhere. Right? I know this is a little crazier than normal. Once we go back to normal life, it's not that crazy, honestly. Being able to walk out of your home, go for lunch, you know, go somewhere else, go for a walk, it's actually a lot easier and, and you don't go as crazy as fast. I will say we're going through some crazy times and unusual circumstances where it is easier to go crazy. But when this whole pandemic is over and you're working from home, the most important thing here is to take regular breaks and when, you're, when you are able to, you know, go outside, go for a walk, walk your dog or do something outdoors for an hour or an hour and a half, 
you find that it's so much easier to do then uh, when you get back to work that it's so much easier to get back into the groove and start doing things. Yeah, and this is something that this is back in the pre-COVID days when working from home was a bit of a more rare thing. And I, I feel like people would often say to me, oh, I, I could never work from home because there'd just be too many distractions. I'd never be able to focus. But at least in my experience and most people I talk to, you actually tend to work way more when you're at home because you don't have those natural breaks that pop up from offices. You don't have Joe from HR walking by and chatting with you. You're not walking to the printer to get something. You're not going to the break room to, to chat with so-and-so that you just heard it is in there. All those little mini breaks that happen in an office generally don't happen when you're working from home. So I always found, and again, this is the pre-COVID days, I always found I was way more productive when I had my corporate job and I did work from home sometimes than not. So this is why, like like you said, taking a break, really, really important. I used to Back in the pre-quarantine days, I used to go for a lot of walks during the day if I need to break it up. Technically, in Vancouver, we are still allowed to do that, but I'm trying not to do that as much as possible. I just tend to, I do still take breaks, but I'll just go upstairs, have an orange or something like that and that sort of thing. We talked about earlier about making sure you also have an end time. That's something really important and that we talked about. Carly in the dojo shared that what she did to solve this problem that we were talking about, about how work working from home can just bleed into your home life. She scheduled her robot vacuum cleaner to go off at 5.30 each day. And that is the signal to her, her and her husband that it's time to stop working because it's super annoying in the office having this robot vacuum go on. And I, I absolutely love that because, first of all, it's forcing a break. Second of all, it's having the regular schedule. And third of all, it's automation. So that's like a that's like a productivity show trifecta right there. So well done, Carly. Earlier, we were talking about creating your own schedule. So one of the things you want to keep in mind as you're creating your own schedule is to put breaks in there as well. So it's something we talk about on our live training is how to create your own schedule in that sense. And we're going to share examples of how to do that. And that includes breaks as well. So I used to, for example, eat lunch at my desk. And I can tell you right now, that's a terrible idea. Uh, not because only will your keyboard get extremely messy and will have crumbles in between uh, keys that you don't want to have. But also because you're sitting at your desk all the time anyway, uh, you just get the sense of burnout after a few hours of just sitting there the whole time. So it's kind of nice to be able to say, oh, according to my schedule at 12 o'clock, I need to take a break. You know, step away from your office, step away from your desk, just go outside or go for a walk or run an errand or do something different. So by the time you come back, you feel like you have you have a second wind as if you can go back and start all over again and start being focused and getting stuff done. So definitely recommend that you put in breaks in your ideal schedule as well, especially if you have, for example, a focus block on your calendar and say, hey, I'm going to work between 10 and 11. You need a natural break to kind of, you know, recoup and and relax a little bit after that intense work session so that might be a good time to then you know start doing some other relaxing things so for me as an example i usually wake up around 6 6 30 depending on the season uh, right now because we're entering spring i usually wake up around 6 6 30 now when it's winter i usually wake up a little earlier but during springtime 6 6 30 and then i usually work up till 11 because that's when we have our daily huddle as you mentioned brooks and then after our daily huddle is done, I've done so much deep work and other, you know, creative stuff that 
after a daily hill, that's actually when I eat for the first time. So for those of you that's called intermittent fasting, I usually go for 18, 20 hours or 18 hours or so as much as I can. And that's like part of my schedule is to be able to say, do deep work in the morning, right? And then do our huddle and then go for for lunch. So sometimes I'll eat outside, go for lunch with someone. You know, the pro tip here in Austin is because lunch starts at 12, have lunch at 1130 before everyone else gets into the restaurant. <laughs> so that's like a specifically awesome pro tip, but that might apply to your city as well. So again, just being able to take that nice break, you know, get away from your desk, get away from your home. And by the time I come back from lunch and sit back inside, I feel like I have a second win of doing stuff again. So again, tip number four, make sure you take breaks throughout the day and ideally create them in your schedule. All right, let's move on to the fifth and final tip for today's podcast episode. And that is to inform your partner and kids about when you're working and when you're not. I know a lot of you who are listening have kids at home. A lot of you have a significant other or partner. Maybe you have a roommate. And again, going back to the communication earlier, it's really important to communicate to them when you're working and when you're not. Now, I know that's a little bit more challenging when you have like a young kid, because obviously if you have a two-year-old and you say, hey, don't walk into my office when it's two o'clock, that kid obviously does not understand that, right? But if you have a young adult, you know, teenager, they usually kind of get it, right? And if they're not rebellious, (laughs) hopefully they'll adhere to that. And also with your partner so that they know when they can kind of come in and, and talk to you or discuss things with you or or also when you are in communication with each other and you kind of know what each other's schedules are, you can then coordinate when you have lunch together, right? And when you have like calls together and, and do stuff together. So inform your partner in your kids about when you're working and when you're not, because it opens up all these different things that you want to have accomplished. Yeah. And we are actually going to be doing a deeper dive into the subject in our next episode. So that's going to be TPS 298. And we're going to talk specifically about getting things done with kids at home. And like you said, a lot of it has to do with informing them about your schedule, being on the same page. We actually heard from quite a few people. I mentioned that we did a, a survey of our audience and we actually heard from a lot of people that what's been helping them work from home while we've been doing this is that episode we did a while ago. And again, I'll drop it into the show notes about using the family calendar, which was TPS 235. And they found that having that set up so that we can communicate with the family, everybody knows what's going on. Again, it only works up after a certain age, like you said, has been really, really helpful. For me personally, uh, the funny thing is during this time, my kids actually haven't been too much of a challenge, though they are older. They're 12 and 15, mainly because they're used to me working from home. So they're used to having this conversation of when to be available, when not. (laughs) The challenging part actually has been, thankfully, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but (laughs) the more challenging part has kind of been my wife because she is not used to working from home and is used to having that social interaction. This is something Rob said in the dojo chat that the, the thing that he hears a lot of people say is they really miss that social interaction. And for sure, a lot of people I know work from home, people are feeling that way. And you know, yeah, you have Zooms and you have Skypes and Microsoft Teams and Slack. It's not quite the same if you're somebody who really, really likes working physically with other people. 
And so I think she's been missing that. So she even put a chair in my office so that she can come down and chat, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is wonderful. I'll just say that it's wonderful. Uh, and so these are things that you have to manage. And we're all dealing with that as we work from home. But the more you can have those conversations about when it's okay to have distractions and when not, the the better off we'll be. Things will come up always, but the more you can be on top of it, the better. And again, we're going to talk a lot more about this next week in TPS 298. Yes, and we're going to be talking a lot about this too when we do our live training. So if you haven't signed up yet for the live training, we're going to be doing that uh, pretty soon on how to be productive working from home. So if you enjoyed today's episode, then you're going to enjoy the live training even more because it has a lot more practical tips and recommendation and specific apps and tools that we recommend that you get. Uh, so go to theproductivityshow.com slash home. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash home. Sign up there and we'll send you some cool stuff there as well. And then we'll see you on the live training where we're going to give you even more practical information as well on how to be productive at home. So again, tip number five, inform your partner and kids about when you're working and when you're not. And again, next week, we're going to be talking a lot more about that with kids specifically. So make sure to come back to that episode. And uh, Brooks, I know you and I love working from home and we love making sure that you guys are also taking action on the experiences that we've had. Uh, also learn from our failures and our mistakes that we kind of share today. So when it comes to the next step and what you really should be doing as part of this episode is to set up your work environment and prepare your household with what's going to happen next. So share your work schedule, create your work schedule, make it visible somewhere in the house so you don't get interrupted while you're working. Prepare that as much as possible and you're going to guarantee to set yourself up for a productive session working from home. Do you wish there were more hours in a day? Are you behind on your to-do list? If you want to be more productive and get proven tools to help you save time, then you must check out our new productivity assessment. Within two minutes of taking this free assessment, the tool will generate a personal recommendation list of which apps, tools, and strategies that will work for you based on your life situation. To take the assessment, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Take their free assessment today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.